good evening to you. Uh, welcome to Maniac Markers. Hey Butch, hey Vanessa, and Jamie, and Jack, uh, anybody else that uh, uh, comes into the room here. <clears throat> uh, glad that you are here with us at Maniac Marketers. I am your host, Terry Allison. Our title tonight is Creative Positive Change as the Ultimate Test of a Leader in a Work-at-Home Business. And, uh, and I'm, I'm making this part two, and so we're going to spend another week talking about change and how to, how to go about doing that. Uh, and then, uh, and then that was, I, I wanted to, uh, again, uh, be wary of the uh, time, so uh, uh, that we'll be talking one more week about change after this. So uh, there's, there's quite a bit of stuff, and uh, uh, throughout this book, they're just... Uh, there's just so much material, and, and I want to I want to give you the uh, things uh, that a leader needs, as well as uh, you know just talk about business uh, and uh, and uh, what uh, uh, your prospects want to hear and, and what they need to know about our business. So let's uh, let's begin by uh, uh, talking about the reasons for a work at home business. Uh, and and as always, if you uh, Feel the need to uh, or want to uh, contribute in the, the chat discussion. Uh, feel free to, to do that. Uh, I enjoy that, and, and uh, you know, we can just talk about some of these things. This is a way that uh, that we learn in community, uh, bounce ideas off of each other. Hey, that's just a okay with me. Uh, can everybody uh, did the slide change for everybody too? Everybody see? Uh, the title, Reasons for a Work-at-Home Business, and why? Oh, good. Everything's working pretty cool then. Okay. Well, the first reason that uh, uh, most people, or one, not the first, but one of the many reasons that people come into a uh, work-at-home business is just that lure of lots of money. Uh, they've been told that, uh, and uh, convinced that uh, they can make $1,000 a day or a week, uh, you know, it's an extravagant income uh, on the internet, on the internet, and uh, uh, you know you don't have to do anything but sit behind your computer and just push uh, a couple buttons, and and uh, oh, you've got it made. And uh, I mean that's and that that kind of happened to me at first. Uh, I I knew this uh, lady, or it was wrote in our local newspaper in Wichita about this lady in Garden City who uh, was selling tumbleweeds and she had an international business and uh, uh, you know she was she was selling she was paint, spray painting these uh, uh, tumbleweeds and her, her two uh, the two best countries to, uh, to uh, receive these tumbleweeds was like Japan and, and Germany and uh, man and uh, you know they'd use them as Christmas trees and different things and uh, so, uh, you know, I knew I knew that it could happen. And uh, Butch Butch says that he he heard one yesterday making fourteen thousand five hundred in twenty four hours. Man, that must be a be a chain letter or something. <laughs> Vanessa pulled you into it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, but uh, and yeah, and we can we we can joke about those kinds of things because. Uh, uh, 
you know, we know that that happens, and uh, and that's you know that's probably one of the sad things. But anyway, people do uh, jump into that for that reason. You know, uh, they're making lots of money. Some people, hey, they just want a replacement income. Maybe uh, the two uh, parents are working, and uh, one needs to stay at home now, and so they need a, a replacement income uh, to take uh, to take uh, the place of what they were making. Or maybe they got disabled, and uh, they need to, uh, you know, have an income coming in, and they want to get uh, income up to what they were making. So, got in, in replacement income. Some people are just flat fed up with their boss. Uh, can't even stand to look at them. Don't even like the sound of their voice. They don't like the way they look. Uh, they don't like their nose. Whatever. Uh, you know, maybe that boss com a lot of times comes in with a, a bad attitude. And, uh, you know, and there's many, many reasons to not like your boss. I mean, uh, I had one one time that uh, I worked uh, second shift in a computer room and uh, oh, this, this, our, our supervisor, uh, we knew that if she came in on time and uh, that, uh, you know, it's probably not, well, it's probably going to be an okay day. But uh, we knew that if she came in late because, see, she had uh, season tickets to the Royals games, uh, Kansas City Royals. And uh, so she was always late because of that. And we knew that, uh, you know, if they lost, then, oh, it was not going to be a good day for us. So, you know, but anyway, uh, I mean, that's just, uh, uh, you know, people just get up fed up with the boss for whatever reason. Uh, some people, hey, they want to be their own boss. They don't want anyone telling them what to do. I fit in that category too. It's like, you know, I hate it when somebody tells me that I have to do something. I don't have to do anything but die and pay taxes. And even that's debatable. So, but anyway, uh, people like to be control uh, of their time, of their finances, uh, of, of uh, their actions, uh, whatever. Some people, freedom and flexibility. Uh, they want to... Uh, be able to go to their kids' school and have that parent-teacher conference without having to uh, 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 ask the boss for that time off. Uh, they just want to be able to go and and do it, and uh, or uh, uh, you know they they want to uh, that, they want to have control of their time. Maybe they want to go on a vacation. Maybe they want to go on a just a day vacation. Maybe go to Hawaii. Maybe not Hawaii. That, that may take a little longer. But maybe down to Florida or down to California. Maybe if they had two two days or three days, maybe they could go to Hawaii or something. But uh, but anyway, the the you know, freedom and flexibility uh, really talks to them. Some people they want to do it for family and 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 family legacy. They want to be able to watch their kids grow up. They want to uh, take an active part in their family's life. And if they're uh, stuck at a uh, job, you know, they have to spend at least eight hours uh, at their job. And uh, but then if you figure in uh, rush hour traffic and all that kind of stuff, you can wind up spend uh, ten hours uh, a day away from your family. 
So with a work-at-home business, at least you're you're right there uh, with your family. Some people want a, the family legacy. They want to be able to start a business uh, for themselves and then teach their kids uh, what being an entrepreneur uh, is all about. Uh, and uh, and uh, and they want to uh, and 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 you know they want to uh, to be able to leave that for the kids. They want to be able to help their kids start their own business, maybe, or uh, or just leave it to them in retirement. But uh, many different reasons uh, for people to uh, do a work-at-home business. Some people, uh, I know somebody uh, mentioned uh, uh, tax uh, advantages for that. And, uh, and there is that uh, as well. I know that uh, uh, if I hadn't had a, a business, uh, I would have gotten hit uh, harder on my taxes. And I know in the past, uh, <clears throat> having my own business has really helped me out uh, tax advantage-wise. So, yeah, there's all sorts of reasons. And, and there's more uh, than just what I have listed here as well. So... Well, mentoring. What's mentoring all about? Well, we want to mentor you to be successful in a work-at-home business. That includes using the tools, in which we'll talk about some of those later on here, and we also want you to uh, teach you how to be a leader in your business. And so that's why we have uh, various topics uh, throughout here, throughout uh, each session, and, uh, to, and just talk about. Uh, what it is to to uh, to be a leader, and so tonight we're going to talk about change, and we talked about that last week, and uh, this is just kind of a, a review, uh, uh, on a review, and uh, the thing keeps kicking me off. Uh, I think it has to be with this conference room. Uh, I, I was in mine. I recorded a whole hour uh, earlier in the week, and uh, it worked fine. Anyway, well, uh, sometimes we, we have those technical issues, and, uh, and we have to make do with it. But uh, an overview of what we talked about last week is uh, everything rises and falls on leadership. Uh, so uh, if we need to make a change, uh, you know, we got to start with ourselves as leaders. Uh, and also, leaders resist change as much as followers do. Now, I think we're, I think that's just kind of a uh, being a creature of habit, uh, you know, we we humans like uh, everything to be the same. I, I think that's with most people anyway. Uh, there are some exceptions to that. Some uh, like oh, you know, they get bored out of their life if they don't have any change going. But uh, but overall, I think uh, uh, you know we kind of like uh, things to stay the same. I mean, if we don't, then then we lead ourselves into a, a lot of stress. And stress is simply uh, uh, change, you know, making having changes in your life constantly. So, uh, uh, but leaders they they, they tend to ch uh, resist change just as much as the followers do. Unchanged leaders equals unchanged organizations. So, uh, if we're a leader, you know, we have to work on ourselves first, and then uh, and then you know people will see that. That change in us, and in that uh, that or your organization will also change because you are. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's tonight uh, let's talk about a, a checklist for change. 
and uh, and you know what's some of the questions that you could ask yourself before you ever before you ever do any any changes uh, that uh, that's going to affect your organization. You know, here's some questions that you can ask uh, ask yourself, and it's it would be uh, just a a simple yes or no answer to, to to any of these questions. And uh, you know, will this change that you're going to do will it benefit the followers? So uh, you you know, I mean, you, if uh, you're going to uh, make a change, you know, uh, in what way is uh, and that would be a follow-up question. In what way will it benefit the followers? And just think about you know how that will affect them. Uh, so that's a very important question. Is this change compatible with the purpose of the organization? You know, does it fit your mission statement? You know, uh, I worked on, uh, well, Jerry Lynn and I worked on mine a couple weeks ago, and uh, uh, we got to. You, you need to have a mission statement because you need to know what your purpose is for your business or your organization. Does the change compatible? Is this change is this change specific and clear? You know, just because you get it, you know, does uh well someone else when they hear it, will they understand? So, you know, it can't be just some generic thing. It's got to be specific and clear. So uh that so when somebody else reads it, they know exactly uh what you're trying to do. And that'd be again. These are just simple yes and no uh, answers on uh, on on these. Unless you're doing follow-up questions, are the top 20%, which members the influencers in your organization, in favor of this change? So uh, you know, uh, once you think about you know uh, the change that you're wanting to make, how does your top leaders feel about that change? Uh, and I've seen a uh, the the uh, uh, Tom Prendergast, the Veritech CEO, I've seen uh, him, uh, you know, uh, think about things, and uh, I've, I've noticed that he puts things out there and just see what kind of reaction that he gets uh, from from the people, and if you know if too many people are are negative about it, then he simply you know goes on and, and uh, does something else. So uh, you think about how does it affect your, your influencers, your top 20% because remember the top 20% are the ones that are, are doing 20% of the work, are doing 80% of the work. And back to that. I'm not for sure how much uh, you heard of that but is it possible to test this change before making a total commitment to it, so is there some way that is there some way that you can, you know, that you can test the waters a little bit, and if it doesn't work or you know whatever, that you can uh, pull it back and you know do the things that you were doing, that was working. Are are physical, financial, and human resources available to make this change? You know. Do you, do you need the dollars? Do you need the, uh, you know, uh, you know, what physical, 
needs uh, do you need to make this change? For us in a work-at-home business, you know, uh, it's probably going to be well, mainly human resources uh, in order to make a particular change. Um, it might be some financial, uh, depending on what you're going to do. Uh, maybe if there's a if you're looking at a other uh, if you're wanting your company to branch off into other areas or something like that, it may take a, a financial commitment on someone else. So, and uh, another question would be, is this change reversible? If you implement it and then, uh, and you know, it's just not quite working or, you know, something about it, is there a way that it can go back uh, to the way it was? Uh, without causing any hardship, uh, so, but you know, like I say, as you know, change sometimes does cause hardship, uh, and we'll get to uh, uh, to that in, in a moment. Is this change the next obvious step? So, if you're making changes uh, according to your uh, business plan, and uh, you know, is uh, you know, whatever you're planning, you know, whatever kind of change, I don't, I can't think of a particular example right now. <clears throat> but uh, this change that you're about to do is would that be the next logical step? Just like uh, Tom Prendergast uh, uh, revamping the Veritex system, uh, you know he's he does everything in steps. So uh, first he well I don't I don't know his particular steps that that he took, but he revamped uh, 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 the platinum control panel. Which many uh, people in here know about. Well, and then he's going to—he's uh, also going to tackle uh, 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 a next phase uh, for the gold systems and, and make the tools uh, that much better. So you know those are uh, obvious steps for him to take in order to uh, get where he needs to be, uh, where he would like to see his organization. Yeah, the launch of the V2. Uh, so, but he he did all that in in, uh, in in steps. He just didn't you know do everything all at once. Does this change have both short and long range benefits? Um, you know what you know what's the changes that you're making? You know what are the short terms? Uh, you know. Will people see? You know, what can, what kind of things could a, a person uh, see by uh, by making that change uh, over the short term? And so that would be like uh, like over uh, three months. And then you need to have you know uh, uh, what are the long range benefits for for say six months, a year, two years, five years? You know, uh, some kind of incremental steps like that. Is the leadership capable of bringing about this change? So is the leadership in place uh, in order to help you uh, to implement that change? Uh, so uh, you know you gotta you, you gotta have all the leadership on board, and are they you know are they able to talk with their people? Uh, are, are they strong leaders? As is basically what we're saying here. And then you got to ask yourself: Is the timing right? Is the timing right 
to make this change. Uh, is there a, is, maybe is, is there a, uh, could be a, a better time? Maybe uh, maybe the the leadership needs to grow a little bit more. Uh, say six months. Uh, maybe maybe they need a year. Maybe you know maybe uh, certain programs need to be in place for them uh, and and get that instruction. Uh, so you can uh, make that change. So if if it's not now, maybe it could be three months from now or six months from now. So being, anyway, you have to uh, to think about uh, those those kinds of things. Remember, uh, this comes from the the winning attitude. It's a John Maxwell book. Uh, it basically, it's, it it goes like this: the wrong decision at the wrong time equals disaster. The wrong decision at the right time equals mistake. The right decision at the wrong time equals unacceptance. The right decision at the right time equals success. People change when they hurt enough, they have to change. Learn enough, they want to change. Receive enough, they are able to change. The leader must recognize when people are in one of these three stages. In fact, top leaders create an atmosphere that causes one of these three changes to occur. So that's, that's something to think about, too. Uh, you, know, uh, you know, our leaders need to be pushing us to, uh, I mean, they need to push themselves to grow, but the leaders also need to push people to grow, you know, as well. So, let's see. The evolutionary process of change. So, uh, change can be seen in, in basically two ways. There's a, there's revolutionary change. That is just something that's totally different than what's been done before. And it's like, no one's ever seen it before. Um, so, uh, you know, it's, uh, most people refer to that as, as cutting edge. And we, a lot of times we hear that with a cutting edge technology. And uh, so that, that would be revolutionary. No one's been, no one's doing it. No one has been doing it. Uh, it's totally, totally uh, something new. Evolutionary is just simply a refinement of what has been done. So it's been it's been done before. So let's uh, let's break down some of these uh, uh, the, uh, various groups of people uh, when we're making changes. <clears throat> This thing loves me, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, we basically have five categories of responses uh, for when we make changes. The innovators, those are the dreamers. Those are the ones that that comes up with these ideas and uh, and, uh, and you know maybe something new to do. Uh, so they're you know they're constantly thinking. Well, in an organization, that's going to be two percent of the of the organization. 
So uh, they are the originators of new ideas and generally are not acknowledged as leaders or policy makers. So they don't necessarily have to be uh, the leadership. They just uh, are just the ones that comes up with uh, really good ideas. Okay. Um, then we have the early adopters are those who know a good idea when they see it. That's 10% of your organization. Their opinions are respected in the organization. Although they did not create the idea, they will try to convince others to accept it. So they, they know uh, a good thing when they see it. Uh, so they're, they're going to they're gonna, you know, try it at least, uh, at least for trying it. Uh, and, then, uh, but, uh, and once they grab a hold of it and, and work with it a little bit, it's like, oh, okay. Hey, hey, Bob, come here. Hey, Sally, you know, yeah, check this out. This is something uh, pretty cool. You know, old, old Jim over here, uh, he showed me, he showed me this. Uh, he was, he was doing something new. So that's uh, early adopters. Middle adopters are the majority. That's sixty percent. Those are the. They will respond to the opinion of others. Generally, they are reasonable in their analysis of a new idea, but inclined to maintain the status quo. They can be influenced by the positive or negative influencers of the organization. God, I hate those calls from Seattle. Um, but anyway, uh, so you know, they uh, you know they just don't want to step out. They may uh, they may try it and, and all that, but you know they're probably going to use it and uh, use a new idea, new uh, new way of doing things. But you know they may not necessarily. Uh, shut up. Sorry, guys. Uh, <laughs> we know how we love those recorded uh, phone calls. And, uh, they're they're not going to stand out. They're going to use it, but you know they're probably not going to show it to 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 many people. Well, then you have your late adopters, and they're the last group to endorse an idea. They often speak against proposed changes and may never verbally acknowledge acceptance. Generally, they will adopt it. If the majority demonstrates support, so yeah, they're yeah they're, they're the ones that's going to hold back on you. Okay, those are the ones that uh, uh it don't matter what you say to them, uh, yeah they're they're probably not going to jump on board. And it's and it's like uh they finally they might finally jump on there uh after you know after a lot of time has passed and they finally give in. Uh, to the idea. And then we ask, you know, well, Bob, where you been? And I apologize if anybody's name is Bob, but uh, it's like, Bob, where you been? Uh, you know, we've been doing this for a good year now, and, and uh, you know, you need to get, get with the program. So, and then, of course, then you have your laggards. They're always, they're always against change. Their commitment to the status quo in the past. Often they try to create division within the organization. So, uh, you know, they're they're uh, they're going to try to, you know, uh, it. They're probably just going to, you know, maybe not say anything, but then they might. They might 
Well, you remember how it used to be back then? I really like that. Uh, I see, I see this, this in the, especially in, in towns of where I pastored. Uh, you know, they, they remember how things used to be. And, uh, and so change is very hard for them. So, but uh, they're, they're against change. So for uh, uh, the change to take effect, uh, you're probably, especially an evolutionary uh, change, uh, it's going to be uh, probably go through these eight steps. Step one is going to be ignorance. No unified direction or sense of priorities is felt among the followers. You know, they are just completely in the dark. They don't have an, any idea of what's going on. So, uh, uh, well, then you have uh, step two, information. That's general information is given to the people. Initially, the ideas for change are not embraced. And that's kind of like, and I've seen this in a, in a corporate setting, or I've experienced it in a corporate setting, maybe not necessarily seen it, but, uh, but you know, it's kind of like uh, these, these old boys, they, they're, and women as well, have gotten together, they've uh, discussed things amongst themselves, and in a, in everything in this meeting is supposed to be hush-hush. But you know, there's there's always one person somewhere that says something to someone else, and then uh, and then the information slips out. And sometimes it's done on purpose. It really is. Sometimes, uh, you know, uh, because the uh, uh, the corporation or the organization, you know, wants to see you know, who's going to react and what kind of objections they're going to get. So. Uh, so, you know, between one and two, you know, it's, it's like the meeting has happened, uh, you know, ideas are discussed, and, and the plan or direction is, is uh, you know, thought about and, and uh, they're, that they're, that they're going to take. And then, uh, and then somehow that, that information gets out there. And uh, so it's, you know, people are, are uh, you know, it's, somehow it's getting funneled out to the people. Well, then the people hear about it, and there's like, well, we've never done that way before. You know, I don't see that we're going to do that now. I'm against that, and and you know, uh, and then you know, you get some people that's like, oh, well, that could be a pretty positive change. Uh, you know, if that if if they're really serious about doing it, type deal. So and then and that kind of moves us into step three, the infusion. That's the where the penetration of the new idea into the status quo that may cause confrontations with apathy, prejudice, and tradition. The general tendency is to focus on problems. I guess I better flip it to the third slide here. So uh, that's, you know, we're those people that, you know, that get stuck in tradition. Uh, they don't want to have anything to do with it, even though that the change could be better. So. Uh, so there's, it's going to get talked about a lot more, and sometimes uh, those those uh, discussions could be uh, become heated, even. Well, then we have step four: individual change. 
That's where the early adopters begin to see the benefits of the, of the proposed change and embrace them. Now, personal convictions replace complacency. So it's like, okay, they, they get it, and so they're going to go forward uh, and, uh, and implement those changes. So uh, they're going to they're going to put it into action. Step five is the organizational change. Two sides of the issue are being discussed. Less defensive and more openness concerning proposed changes can be observed. The momentum shifts from anti-change to pro-change. So a lot more people are starting to grab a hold of the idea. That's where. Uh, 60% of the, of the uh, well, you've already got 12% um, doing this, so this is where your next 60%, the middle adopters, are coming, uh, coming in on step five. Okay, and then we have step six, that's the awkward application. Some failures and some successes are experienced as the change is implemented. The learning process is rapid, so uh, you know people are, are showing. Uh, maybe some some people don't quite get the idea, but at least they're trying, uh, trying your new approach, uh, and uh, and trying you know, trying to do what you've asked them to do. But you know, hey, everyone makes mistakes here and there, and and that happens. So step seven is integration. Awkwardness begins to decrease and the acceptance level increases. A growing sense of accomplishments and a second. Okay. Uh, so a growing sense of accomplishments and a secondary wave of results and successes occur. So that's the, the next 20%. So uh, you, uh, you only have 8% 8 8 of the people uh, left. So and that's in step eight, innovation. Significant results create confidence and the willingness to take risks. The result is a willingness to change more rapidly and bold and boldly. So uh, people are, you know, uh, you know, finally getting others on board here. So uh, and as step eight is taken, the organization as a whole is more willing to go through the process again. The major effect of the process develops as the majority of the organization is exposed repeatedly to the new idea. And, uh, and here's some uh, examples uh, of, uh, of the conversations maybe uh, that can happen. So first exposure. You know, I reject that thought because it conflicts with my preconceived ideas. Uh, Number uh, number two, or the second exposure, is well, I understand it, but ah, I can't accept that. And then number three, the third one, third exposure, is I agree with the idea, but have reservations as to its use. So, and, and you guys, uh, people who have a, uh, a lead generation system may. Uh, you know, see this happening uh, in in your uh, in your tools that you use. Fourth exposure. You know, 
That idea pretty well expresses the way I feel about the subject. Uh, and in the fifth exposure to it, I used that idea today. It's terrific. So, oh, uh, and, then, uh, and then we have a sixth exposure. I was thinking there was only five. There's six. Sixth exposure. I gave that idea to someone yesterday. In the truest sense of the word, the idea now belongs to me. So they've taken ownership of the idea, and uh, and they're going to uh, make it a part of their lives. And they're not only going to make it a part of their lives, they're going to share it with other people. So let's uh, let's uh, uh, you know, uh, think about business choices. You know, with maniac marketers. We teach you how to change and grow to be a leader. So tonight we was talking about some more aspects of change. Well, we also want to teach you how to build your work-at-home business. We want to uh, you know, take you through this process and uh, and get you on board uh, with with what what we're doing. The Maniac Marketer's story uh, and and marketing is. Uh, you know, if, if you're new to the business, you may not realize how how much marketing has changed. Maybe you will, but uh, uh, over the years, you know, uh, for a long time there is, you know, email marketing was the, it was the way to go. Well, then uh, then was uh, comment marketing. Anyway, it's uh, all this has evolved over time. There's uh, been you know uh, different ways to to do different things. Uh, just like, uh, and here's some examples here uh, of the different kinds of marketing. And these are just a few of them: comment, article, email. Uh, people, surprisingly enough, people still use traffic exchanges. Uh, usually, someone new to the business um, might use a, a traffic exchange. Uh, but there's a whole bunch out there. Well, I want to focus on two main. Are two, uh, what I call the two-fold process, uh, and we'll be talking about educational marketing and relationship marketing and what those are. So the definition for educational marketing is simply providing information to the person searching for the answer to the question that he or she has. If you provide the solution, the person will most likely buy your product. So you're just a uh, you're just educating the people uh, about about your product. Relationship marketing. That's where you're being able to connect with another person on some level. And if the person feels like he or she can trust you, they may purchase your product or do business with you in some form. So in relationship marketing, you know, you're, you're not trying to sell anybody anything. You're just trying to build a relationship with them, you know, uh, get to know them, get to know what they like, what they dislike, uh, get to know their family, uh, and just really become good friends with them. And you don't do it with a false pretense that you're going to sell them a damn thing. Uh, you know, many people do this relationship marketing, you know, thinking that, you know, just because I build a relationship with them, that, that they're going to buy uh, buy their product, and that's not necessarily true. You know, you're you know, 
because uh, if you do it with the pretense that you know that you're going to sell them something, you know, it's kind of like, well, what kind of friend are you? So you know, you're you're just building a relationship with them. Yeah, it, Butch says he's never sold any anyone anything. No, you become friends with them, and in that relationship, uh, you know, they trust you and all that. But if they don't buy anything from uh, from you, you're still going to be friends. You're going to be you're probably you're going to be richer. Not probably, you are going to be richer from that relationship than what you would have been had you never met that person. <clears throat> and then uh, there's uh, there's some elements of uh, educational uh, marketing and relational marketing uh, that kind of overlap a little bit. Uh, <coughs> for instance, if you, if you provide personal stories of what you are writing about, people will make a connection with you. And it's kind of a way uh, to, of putting your hand out there first and uh, and letting them know that that you're there for them. And uh, and like I say, just be a friend. Just be a friend. That's the most important thing. Well, then we have the coming together of two ages. We have the information age, and we have the social community age. Now, uh, in the information age, of course, that's people using the search engines uh, to find information. Uh, we get, usually go to, to Google, but uh, some people go to Bing, Yahoo, and there's all kinds of things, uh, all kinds of browsers out there, Dogpile, you know, I don't even know whether that's still around or not, but because uh, you know, I mainly use Google myself, but uh, there, you know, there's a bunch of search engines out there, and uh, uh, you know, it's where you can go to look up uh, information. If I have a question about something, and and uh, I'm not just talking with someone, uh, and I want to find out the information, I just go straight to Google. And, uh, and type in my question, uh, just like I was going to ask somebody else. And it pops the answer out there for me. And, uh, and evidently, I'm not alone, because, look, Google logs about 2 billion searches a day. So that's about 300 million people are using Google each day. Think about that. A lot of people out there are looking for information. And uh, Bing has 10% of the search engine market. So that's a little bit. Uh, it's not as good as Google, but hey, uh, they got their own thing going, and uh, it's a little bit of a chunk. Yahoo has a hundred hundred thousand searches a week. So people are out there looking for information. Do you know where they're looking? Uh, we'll talk about that and some more in here in a minute. Well, then we have the social community age. This is where people are coming together to share common interests. Therefore, there's social communities like Facebook, MySpace, Ning, Dig, Squidoo, YouTube, etc. have grown significantly over the last few years. Uh, I think just about everyone has a Facebook. Not quite everyone, but I know of, uh, a few people that don't. But uh, Facebook is growing a lot. There's 500 million active users. And at any given time during the day, 
50% of those, that's 250 million people, are active on Facebook. So, you know, you could be out there and, and uh, have be, have connection, possible connections with 250 million people. From, uh, you know, you may know someone who knows someone else who knows someone else. And, uh, and like a professor uh, once told me that we're five handshakes away from knowing someone clear around the world. So and and I and that's true. And sometimes uh, it's even less than that. Uh, most people have about an average of 130 friends uh, in their network. And Twitter is growing uh, considerably. If you do the math on here, there's about 210 million registered users uh, and uh, 180 million unique visitors come to the site each month and I'm, I'm sure that's that's even more than that so quite a few people are using Twitter Twitter is is, uh, is growing considerably Twitter uh, someone uh, in the Wall Street Journal was talking about how Twitter they, they saw Twitter becoming something a part of something else so they're uh, going to be interested in seeing uh, how uh, how that was going to be they didn't know in what way it would but uh, it but it would be they just they just knew and they're, they're the people that <clears throat> watch all these technologies anyway and what they do so there's 55 million tweets a day uh, at least so and uh, and you can even do a search on Twitter and uh, if you go out there and, and look uh, uh, at Twitter and, and just type in a keyword of what you're looking for and see how many people uh, have put information out there uh, <clears throat> uh, on on Twitter uh, I know that I, I have quite a few on uh, anti-inflammation so uh, go check that out uh, people are using that some a lot of kids are are using it more than the, uh, they are their email. <coughs> uh, Comscore uh, said that email usage for ages 12 to 17 dropped by 24 percent. So kids are like using their phone to tweet their messages and be able to talk with one another because they can do those short short choppy sentences. Uh, you know, like meet time this that and the other and, and then they can meet up with whoever or, or whatever the reasoning is and uh, but people uh, kids are using uh, the Twitter web-based email dropped by six percent that's something to, something to think about well our product supplier uh, that that we use in our business is Trivita uh, they are a health and wellness business have all kinds of uh, vitamins, A, B, C, D, E, uh, women's vitamins, uh, uh, men's vitamins, uh, both multivitamins. They even have uh, uh, vitamins for uh, women on uh, that uh, the older generation of women. We'll, we'll just say it like that. <coughs> uh, I don't want to get tripped up here on my uh, on my language use. <laughs> so uh, anyway, uh, uh, they have anti-inflammation. Uh, product. There are several products anti-inflammation, uh, and uh, <clears throat> it's uh, they want they their mission 
is to inspire people to be in a uh, better health, and uh, they they want to uh, uh, people to uh, to be knowledgeable uh, about their health and what they can do to contribute to better health. So uh, they they put out all kinds of information out there. Uh, they uh, they have a a magazine. They have they send out emails. They have websites with all kinds of uh, information out there uh, to uh, to give people a greater awareness. They also uh, want to uh, give people the opportunity to create wealth for your life purposes. That helps you and it helps me. Uh, it helps all of us uh, together. And it's pretty easy to become a uh, Trivita uh, distributor or they don't use the term distributor, affiliate member. Uh, I used to think that you, you could uh, have to buy, uh, be in the share and earn uh, program, but I was uh, told here last week, and someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but they told me that as long as you buy, a product, uh, uh, buy products on a monthly basis, you don't even have to be on auto ship. Uh, but I I believe it's easier uh, if you do uh, uh, you know be on auto ship that way you don't miss anything so you know and you know you don't want to miss your commission checks and for you know for each level that you're at you know you're expected to uh, buy you know they break it up into points and all that kind of stuff and uh, you know you can get back with your sponsor or whoever. Uh, if you need more information, or you can contact me if, if you don't have uh, uh, someone, and uh, I, I can tell you that information. But uh, you know, you you want your uh, your you want your bonus checks. Uh, that's what you're uh, in this business for, is to make money and, and to uh, and to get a better sense of health. So, uh, uh, but uh, anyway, it's pretty simple to. Uh, uh, to get into uh, Trivita, and once you're in Trivita, you need to market your uh, products. Uh, we use the Veritex system for $54.95. You get a, a whole slew of SEO uh, marketing tools. Uh, why we're not changing here? Uh, I'll uh, just uh, it's waiting on my very long. Okay. Anyway, there's uh, all kinds of tool marketing tools uh, inside Veritag. There's a, a bulk mailer. There's lead generation system. Okay. Um, they have a, inside the Veritex system is a lead generation system. There's classified ad system, splash page maker, ad submission tool. There's a blogging system, uh, a bulk mailer, tracking tools. Uh, there's a couple of the search engines in there. <coughs> if you're using these tools uh, like you're supposed to use them, and uh, man. This thing promotes itself. 
as well as your products, as what whatever uh, whatever you have in your business. So uh, you need to learn how to use the the system, and uh, you know people are around to to help you learn uh, how to use this. And uh, you know if you were to you know put that cost analysis up for each one, I think Butch put that up for us last week to uh, kind of get a um, glimpse of how much each one of these uh, systems would cost by itself. I know Raymond Jewell uh, uh, had something on there. It would be like uh, if you had to pay pay for each thing uh, outside the Veritex system, it was it was like seven or eight hundred dollars a month, I think. It might have been more than that. My my memory's kind of faulty on that one, but uh, but it was a lot. It's like who's got seven or eight hundred bucks to pay a month on just the use of tools? Well, then we have our Ooh. uh So I had a zero missing. Uh, Bush says that. Uh, if you had to pay for each one of those tools that's inside of the, the uh, marketing system, you'd be paying well over $7,000 total. Wow. And that's not, uh, is that a month? That'd be, that's over 7000 a month, right? Oh, total value, 7000 Okay. Okay, so, uh, you know, you can't beat a deal like that. And if you set your system up the way we teach you, if you set it up the way we teach you, it's like your RSS uh, system coming out of your blogging system feeds all these other things so it can uh, promote itself and so you can, pr can really concentrate on uh, <coughs> on building your business. Well, then we have the social community, and that's located uh, at tomorrowshomebusiness.ning.com, uh, the Maniac Marker Social Community, and uh, you can go and, and blog there. I've uh, just revamped uh, the system there and made it uh, SEO uh, friendly. You know, spiders come and do their thing. Uh, you can blog there. You can hang out there. Uh, you, can, uh, you can do a lot of different things there. You can listen to music. You can read uh, information. If you uh, need me to add something on there, I'll do that. <coughs> Put classified ad systems. I've, I've got two classified ad systems on there right now, but we can put other things on it as well. So, but you can, uh, you know, like I say, post information through blogs and videos. Uh, you can share information from one location to another community. So, like if you blog there, you can uh, share that out. I love that share feature because you can share that out to other communities like Facebook and Twitter and MySpace, Delicious, Dig, and Stumble Upon, all from that one, uh, this one community. And then you also, if you have someone's uh, email address, that uh, that will you know, I don't want you to spam or anything like that, <clears throat> but, uh, you know, you can send them, uh, you know, your information as well.
you can create your pers personal profile page to represent you. Now, whatever, now if you like to fish, uh, I can show you uh, where to go get a, a picture that represents fishing uh, or just whatever. You know, mine, I have mine, uh, uh, some uh, Harley on there. I had to change mine because uh, when I revamped the uh, system, it wouldn't accept my page, so I had to trade out my Harleys. Uh, but uh, I still got my Harley on there, and that's just a dream building thing that I do uh, to uh, uh, to remind myself, you know, why I'm in this business. Um, so the and again, the, the profile pages are promotable on the search engine as well as your blogs are too. So you can uh, you can you have a an RSS feed coming from somewhere. You can put it on your profile page as well. You know, you can make it just however you want to make it. And then, you know, we have all kinds of people there working together in relationship. We have, uh, uh, you know, people doing affiliate programs. Uh, we have uh, some that are in the web uh, uh, website design. Uh, we have, we have a couple in there doing search engine stuff. We have, uh, you know, just yeah, whatever you can think of, uh, people, uh, uh, you know, doing their thing. We have, of course, people uh, from overseas, uh, Philippines and uh, Germany, so all kinds of people in there. And uh, so you're, even though uh, separated by uh, distance, you can uh, be there internationally. And it's just kind of cool to learn from other people. Uh, in other countries, being able to talk with them. And then we, uh, our group is called the Maniac Marketers. Uh, Butch Hamilton has given us a lot of information and, and told us, uh, given us uh, great instruction on how to, to use our tools, and, and, uh, and, and we teach that to other people, you know, how, to, how you can use your tools to promote your business. So, uh, you know, I'd invite you to come and, and join us uh, at the Maniac Marketers. And uh, so if you, you know, you're uh, making a business choice of which business to choose and all that, you know, uh, we'll make you a promise to teach you how to change and grow to be a leader. And we all, we'll also make the promise to teach you how to build your work-at-home business. Now, uh, the choice is yours. Uh, and in uh, how you use that, uh, but we do invite you to uh, a successful work-at-home business uh, like we have. So, uh, if you uh, have a sponsor, you know, get back with the person uh, who brought you here. Uh, if you need some more information, you can contact me at uh, at any one of these uh, <coughs> uh, addresses. Uh, I'm at Terry Senior veritech.com, trivita.com, 131-343-49, uh, or you can come to the social community at tomorrowshomebusiness.ning.com. And as always, uh, you can Skype me at Allison Marketing Group. So I thank you all for coming, and, uh, and I will look forward to hearing from you and uh, look, forward, look forward to doing business with you uh, in the future.
Thanks, guys.